reading from the 45th chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the first verse. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, to whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before him, and strip kings of their robes, to open doors before him, and the gates shall not be closed. I will go before you and level the mountains. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and riches hidden in secret places, so that you may know that it is, that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by your name. For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel my chosen, I call but you by your name. I surname you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me there is no God. I arm you, though you do not know me, so that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make wheel and create road. I am the I the Lord do all these things. Second reading is from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. 
first chapter, beginning at the first verse. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the Church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labour of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters beloved by God, that he has chosen you, because our message of the gospel came to you, not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of people we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for in spite of the persecution you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place where your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming.
Hallelujah. Hear the gospel of our Saviour Christ according to St Matthew, chapter 22, beginning at verse 15. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him with what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Established hierarchies. 
under question was direct enough to produce a yes or a no answer. Always a dangerous thing, even in the days before Twitter. This was a situation they thought in which this upstart could simply not win. If he recommended paying the imperial tax, then he would be supporting a structure which did not seem to have a place in his teaching. They would have exposed him as a hypocrite, and they would have been performatively enraged and outraged to their heart's content. If, however, he counseled against payment, it would have been the easiest thing in the world to report him to the Roman authorities for inciting rebellion. But once again, they underestimated At Jesus' own request, the religious leaders had to produce a coin, a denarius, a coin that should never have been allowed in the temple precincts, because it bore the blasphemous image of the emperor with the lie that he was the son of the divine Augustus, a coin notably that Jesus and his disciples have not carried onto this sacred ground. When Jesus requested a sight of the coin used for the tax, he was signaling that he saw the trap. He knew that he was being presented with a choice between the blasphemy of emperor worship or the punishable crime of civil disobedience. And his answer is deceptively simple, but it goes much deeper than his enemies expected. Give Caesar what belongs to him, says Jesus. And how do we know what belongs to Caesar? It has his image on it. Then, give to God what belongs to God. The implication is not spelled out, but it is clear enough. What belongs to God can be identified in the same way. It has his image on it. Human beings who are made in God's image belong to God. Not in the sense that we are God's property, like Caesar's coinage, but that we carry the stamp of God's authority. A lot has been said and written in recent years about the evil effects of the old doctrine that humanity reflects God's sovereignty within creation, encouraging people, so it is said, to see ourselves as endowed with unrestricted power over the rest of the world, with license to exploit and to wreck with gay abandon. But the picture of humanity as God's image in the world is originally about a particular kind of liberty and dignity, not the unlimited right of ownership, but the creative responsibility to make something of the world for the glory of God, to make and to protect a whole environment that speaks of God. So perhaps to give God what belongs to God is to set human beings free to relate to God, to fulfill their calling to be creative in the world. 
giving humanity to God is acting in such a way that that divine image in each of us is made the more visible. It is about bringing human dignity to light. And all of a sudden, we are in a much more fruitful territory for an installation than it appeared after a quick reckoning. For the ministry that Richard is called to in this place, as your priest and as your pastor, is intimately involved with the business of bringing human dignity to light. As he stands at the pot to baptize your children, sealing them with God's sign and promise that each has the highest dignity imaginable, that of a redeemed child of God. As he stands at the altar, offering afresh the eternal sacrifice of Christ's death for each and every soul in this parish. As he prays and as he preaches week by week, presenting your needs to the Father and bringing to this place what the Spirit is saying to the Church through the Scriptures. In all of this, he will proclaim your shared dignity and your inherent Christlessness in the sight of God. The parish is one of the few places where people gather together proclaiming and living out a shared dignity, a dignity that is not determined by race or nationality, gender, sexuality, intellect, ability, class, wealth, or any other characteristic, chosen or intrinsic. The parish is a place where all belong, where all have an equal and a shared dignity. Parish is a place where we are called to model mutual care and service. The vision of parish is a vision that will never allow the weak, the supposedly unproductive, the very old or the very young, the mentally ill, the physically challenged, or the terminally ill, to disappear from the radar. Rather, on the contrary, parish will always ask, what are the strengths that each can bring? The contribution without which our common life would be poor. Shared dignity in parish life is the sense of being able to trust not only our immediate circle, but our entire wider parish family. And when a pastor is actively concerned with the dignity of the flock, trust will both follow and flourish. Now, dearest people of Killaloo, as I said at the outset, I'm excited for you. And I'm excited for you because you have yet to learn the full extent of the powers of your new deed. Richard brings with him a depth of experience and skill. He is, and I say this, he is one of the finest preachers I have ever had the pleasure of hearing. And we in Kilkenny will miss this gift terribly. Richard 
is pastorally sensitive to me. I know that he is an excellent listening ear. He's a wonderful liturgist. He's got a good singing voice, and he is a brilliant administrator and organizer. But he's more than all that. He's also a devotee of the wider reaches of country music. And he knows there are few teaching tools more profound than a man with a guitar, three chords, and the truth. But a word of warning, you will never outdo Richard when it comes to storytelling. His anecdotes are the stuff of legend. When my wife and I came to look round the deanery in Kilkenny for the first time, Richard and Rue had us to the vicarage for coffee. And they were so thoroughly lovely. They were kind. They were reassuring. They were concerned for us, and they were so welcoming that instantly, when all the upheaval about to be visited upon us, we felt safe. Friends, you can feel safe in the hands of your new dean. His gifts, his character, his deep spirituality, and the extraordinary breadth of his experience means that I can say with confidence, that you are about to begin an exciting chapter in the life of this cathedral church and this parish. Richard knows that the ministry of the cathedral is both a ministry of welcome and a ministry of collaboration. Richard in Kilkenny has worked creatively with friends of the cathedral, with local and international artists, to make, the place, to make the cathedral a place where art, music, culture, where civic life, social life, community engagement can flourish. I recall one of the things your bishop said in his already mentioned sermon when I was installed in St. Thomas's. I remember more than one, but I'm only referring to one now. A dean has to grow to love the fabric of their cathedral. You have to grow to love the bits which are resolutely standing up, and the bits which are more wavering in their commitment. I have no doubt that your dean will come to love this ancient temple, not as a museum, or merely as a piece of heritage architecture, but as part of a living tradition which he, with you, is the present custodian. And the custodian who is in charge with the words of our order of service, with ensuring the doors are open wide enough, that within these walls all may find shelter, a recognition of their dignity and rest for their soul. Richard and Rue have encountered quite a bit of change. They've moved, and the dogs have moved, and Bryn and Eva send their regards to Agnes and to Celia. So they need a little bit of time to settle. But pray for them. Pray for Richard and Rue as they make their move here. 
I'm giving one final word of warning. If anyone remembers the film Gremlins, when little Gizmo couldn't get wet or get fed after midnight, it's very important that Richard is not exposed to the music of John Rutter. <laughs> I say no more. I know that Richard will come to love this place and its people. And I know that you will come to love Richard as your pastor, and you will come to love having Richard and Rome in your church family. Encourage him. Encourage him. Work collaboratively with him. He is here to serve, but he is also here to lead. Embrace and welcome him, and pray for him, and pray that together, you and he, may bring forth much fruit for the kingdom, and may this cathedral church and this parish continue to be a rich blessing to all who have congregated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before the service, and this was duly witnessed, Richard made the prescribed declarations and received a license to exercise his ministry of word and sacrament as a priest in this diocese. So Richard, as an ordained priest in the Church of God, licensed this day for service in this diocese, I'm entrusting to you now a share in the care of God's people in this parish, a ministry to be exercised at my will and pleasure. Accept the responsibilities of this service within the body of Christ in communion with the bishop. With joy I invite you to minister as priest in charge of these parishes and to exercise a special wider ministry of responsibility for reader training and other forms of adult learning among us. I entreat you to remember the solemn promises of your ordination as you encourage all God's people to be good stewards of their gifts. Care alike for young and old, strong and weak, rich and poor, by your words and in your life, proclaim the gospel. May God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit bless you as you minister in word and sacrament to his people. Amen. Now, following the licensing and introduction of Dr. Marsh, his further appointment as Dean of Killaloo becomes immediately effective. And normally I would ask the Registrar to read at once my mandate to the chapter and to its senior member, enjoining them to receive and install the Dean. But in the absence of the Registrar, although she had kindly prepared all the papers, it seems only sensible to read the mandate myself, as it apparently is from me. We, Michael Andrew James, by divine permission, Bishop of Chua, Liberate Kilaloo, to our trusty and well-beloved in Christ, the very Reverend Nile Gaines Wilson Sloan, Dean of the Cathedral Church of the Blessed Virgin Mary in our Diocese of Limerick, and Senior Dignitary of the Cathedral Church of St. Nathan Kilaloo in our Diocese of Kilaloo, Greece. Whereas the Deanery of Kilaloo became vacant, by the session of the very Reverend Roderick Smith, the late Dean thereof, and whereas the appointment of the said dignity and office belongs to us in full right, 
And whereas we have appointed our trusty and well-beloved in Christ, the very Reverend Dr. Richard Mark, to the dignity and office of Dean of Illinois, we do hereby command you, the very Reverend I. James Wilson Sloan, for your proxy, to install the said very Reverend Dr. Richard Mark into the seat in the choir of the Cathedral Church of St. Clan, customarily assigned to the Dean of Killaloo, and that you give him a place and voice in the chapter, all these to be held by him for as long as he continues to be a licensed member of the clergy in our diocese of Chuang Limerick and Killaloo, and no longer, and reserving all rights, customs, dignities, and honours to us and to our office belonging. Given under our hand of the Episcopal Seal this 22nd day of October in the year of our Lord 2023, the 18th year of our consecration and of our translation to second. Signed and sealed. Mr. Dean, I pray that I may be duly installed into the dignity of Dean. I, Niall James Wilson Sloan, Dean of Limerick and Senior Member of the Joint Chapter of the cathed this Cathedral Church, by virtue of the foregoing mandate, do hereby install you, the Reverend Richard Jeremy Marsh, into the real, actual and corporate possession of the Deanery of the Cathedral Church of St. Flannan Killaloo, and to assign you this stall in the Cathedral and a place and voice in the chapter thereof, and to invest you with all the rights privileges and emoluments thereunto belonging, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Richard, the Lord preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth forevermore. So we pray, Almighty God, ruler of your church, dispenser of all good gifts, look mercifully, we pray, upon your servant Richard, who has been called to serve in this your house. Accept him as your chosen minister in the same, Renew in him the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. For new responsibilities, grant increase of grace, that he and all his fellow members in this spiritual fellowship of this cathedral body may fulfil the trust which you have committed to them and bring forth fruit to the honour of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord God, the resurrection and the life of all who believe, you are ever to be praised in all your works. We give you thanks for the many benefits which you have delivered to us by the hands of our founders and benefactors, whose liberality here we enjoy. And pray that we, using your gifts aright in the attainment of true godliness and learning, may together with your elect be partakers of your glorious resurrection in the kingdom of heaven, for with the Father and the Holy Spirit, you are alive and reign one God for ever and ever. <coughs>
We present Richard to you as your Dean and Pastor. Will you support and encourage him in his ministry in parish, cathedral and diocese, praying for him as he will pray for you? We will. Welcome him in the name of the Lord. So it is written, I beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, forbearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Will you follow in this way? I Watch, Lord, over our going out and our coming in. From this time forth, forevermore.
Christ is risen, hallelujah. Our trust is in the Father, our refuge is the Son, our intercession is the Holy Spirit. 
Glory to you, God, the Holy Trinity, by whose grace we are called to ministry in the Church. We ask for God's blessing on the ministry of Michael our Bishop, and upon all who have been called into service in the ordained ministry of the Church. We give thanks to all who sustain the life of the Church through the ministry of reader, and we dedicate to the service of God the ministry of all who have received new life through baptism. Lord, hear us. We thank God for the witness of the Christian community in Killaloo, in Ishkalsha, Strad Valley and Shuangrain. Pausing to give thanks for our forebears who have left us an example of faith and mission. Following their example, we commit ourselves anew to God's service and to that, to that such for the unity of God's holy church, which is Christ's hope and our challenge. Lord, hear us. We pray for this cathedral church dedicated to St. Planet. May it be a place of peace and worship a place of openness and diversity, a place of comfort and safety, of creativity and play, a place of both vision and tradition, a place of gathering and mission in the service of God. Lord, hear us. We pray for the world and bring before a loving God its brokenness and pain. As we hold in our hearts the people of Palestine and Israel, the refugees of Nagorno-Karabakh and all those who are fearful, we enter that place of divine silence from which stems healing, reconciliation, and justice. Empower us with wisdom and tenacity to walk alongside those who are hurting and broken and challenge political cynicism and injustice. Lord, hear us. With the saints give rest, O Christ, to the souls of your departed servants, where there is neither sickness nor sorrow nor sign, but life everlasting. Remember, O Lord, the souls of your departed servants in the faith, and those whose faith is known to you alone. Remember all those who have fallen asleep in the hope of resurrection, and of the life eternal, and render unto them eternal memory. Lord, hear us. Holy God, holy and strong, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. Almighty God, in whose service Planum travelled by land and water as a missionary pilgrim to witness to Christ on the way, help us in our pilgrimage to be ever constant to Christ, and in your mercy receive us at last into eternal rest, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Accept all our thanksgivings and prayers through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy kingdom come, thy will be done.
before we cross the river and change counties and go and feast in the hotel over the river. Just a few short greetings and words of welcome on behalf of parish and wider community are going to be offered to the new dean on this most auspicious and joyful day. And so we'll begin very appropriately with a greeting from the parish, which I think is in the hands of Martin. This, in fact, is my second big event today. The first was the Clare Junior A hurling final, where my local team, Broadford, played Cooley Quinn. Thankfully, we met them. <laughs> the players experienced the usual and expected level of cuts and bruises, and there was a fair number of off-the-ball arguments. I'm very happy to say, though, that the second big, big event, the installation of Dr. Richard Marsh, none of the participants suffered any such injuries or confrontations, as far as I'm aware and the event was entirely more stately and serene. We very much welcome our new Dean to St. Lannan's and the whole union of Killaloo and Strad Valley parishes. I know that Richard brings with him a wide experience of ministry and academia, and that his experiences will undoubtedly enrich our worship in all the churches in our union, reinforce the love of Christ and of the church in our community and bring leadership and guidance to our ongoing efforts to maintain and administer our places of worship. Significant efforts have been undertaken over the last two years to renovate St. Flannan's and the Deanery. The scaffolding has been removed from the tower here at St. Flannan's, the pointing between the stonework has been replaced, and the Deanery has been transformed. So it is truly fitting that it is at this time of renewal and restoration that we can bring spiritual meaning to these achievements with today's installation. We hope you enjoy your time with us and look forward to, you, to supporting you in your work. Thank you. Everything we do is, of course, set in its ecumenical context and this ancient place of worship is something that especially is associated with Christians of all traditions historically. And so on behalf of the Roman Catholic community in the area, and I know this has been bounced on him a bit, but I just had a, a quick whisper, and uh, Father James Grace from here in Killaloo is going to offer an ecumenical greeting and word of good wishes. Dean Richard, and myself were so delighted to be present here this evening at your uh, installation as Dean of Killaloo. I give you a warm welcome indeed on behalf of the Catholic Church here in Killaloo. There has always been a very cordial working relationship and friendship indeed between the Dean of the Cathedral and the Catholic Church here in Killaloo and we look forward indeed to, to, to uh, continuing that um, during your time here with us. Since Gary Powell, I think Gary was the last incumbent, he was the last man to live in the, uh, in the deanery. Um, since Gary left Killaloo a number of years ago, the deanery became a lonesome site and rumours abounded that he might not be replaced. So we're so delighted here this evening that this rumour was unfounded and that we have a new dean in our midst. I hope and pray 
uh, Dean Richard, that you and your wife, Ro, will be happy here, and I look forward to working with you indeed for many years to come. So thank you indeed for your invitation. Every time I hear the Dean of Ossery preach, I gain fresh insights, and I certainly will steal several sermons from his uh, reflections on the coin and who had the coin in their possession and whose image was on it, and as it were, the greater image that we are called to live out and portray. But on a day when we consider rendering to Caesar and to God as some things that are inevitably in discipleship connected, I think we have from the political spectrum uh, Councillor Phil Butler, who is going to offer a greeting from the political community for whom we ever pray. So, uh, good evening everybody. My name is Phil Butler from Ballina and um, I represent the Newport electoral area of which the two main towns are Ballina and Newport. Of course, Killaloo and Ballina are twin towns. We're together for tourism, for tiny towns, and you know, for our enterprise. So it's a, with great honour uh, that I congratulate um, Richard this evening as Dean of Killaloo. I've been in many, many occasions I've been here in Killaloo, and I've worked closely you know, with the people here in Killaloo. So we'd like to congratulate you and wish you very well and your wife grow. And if I, if I can be of any help to you, I'm just really across the river. You know, I live quite close to Boosters. Um, so if you need anything, you know, and just just just, just give us a call. But uh, Tipperary Rugby Club Council are very good as well, you know, supporting events, you know, for Ballina and Killaloo. We have a new plan called the where the two towns will be more jointly, uh, joined, more closer together. And we look forward to that plan and for more collaboration. So again, I wish you very well here, Richard, and, uh, and your wife, Bro. And if I can give any assistance, uh, please do not hesitate to give me a shout. Thank you once again. Good evening. Lovely to hear the voice of the twin town and uh, the harmony between the counties. And of course, I know for those who live in Ballina at the moment, there's no point heading towards Bird Hill. You might as well give up just across the river. In a moment, I'm going to ask uh, Richard to reply, and then we will, we will go, and I hope you'll all come uh, to the feast. But again, to thank everyone who made today the joyful occasion that it is and will continue to be as we are sociable together. I'm grateful too to all who, and it's an unfortunate phrase, but for want of a better one, held the fort nobly and fruitfully. Uh, colleagues, readers, uh, so many from the wider diocese during recent times, and to you all we are very grateful. And again, looking outside of ourselves, our, our visitors from Kilkenny, and indeed my old friends from Kilkenny, have made today very musically special. I want to add one thing because the Dean of Ossery so excellently really said it all, not least in relation to Richard himself. 
but I have hugely enjoyed the journey I've shared with Richard and with Roe, our partnership in the Gospel, our evolving friendship, since some years ago when quite by chance it seemed, but of course it wasn't, we met in Westport when I was with all the members of the House of Bishops doing a sort of mission weekend in what was about to be the Diocese of Tuam, Limerick and Killaloo and I was sent to Westport and to Ballina and on that day we met and a journey together began. I was then in Kilkenny. I had no idea that I would be in Shuham, Limerick and Killaloo, nor I suppose did you feel you were coming back to these parts of this new diocese. But it has been an extraordinarily interwoven and richly rewarding journey of ministry, friendship and fellowship. And all I can say is, without intending to flatter so modest a priest, that in Richard's presence, you are in the presence of one of the most fine and spiritually deep minds that I have ever, ever encountered. But that doesn't a whit diminish his modesty or his warmth. As the Dean of Ossery has said, you are blessed in Killaloo and associated parishes to be receiving him. And you are right in Kilkenny to be lamenting. But thank you for being so positive. Richard. Gosh. Mm -hmm. Neither the Bishop of Two American Killaloo nor the Dean of Ossery have made our lives here any easier for the next five or six years. So I'm going to have to do a quick exercise in expectation management. <laughs> um, I shall be brief. I read somewhere, probably in a Reader's Digest when that actually was a thing, and that shows quite how old I am. I read somewhere a sort of quote, yes, a quote that said, the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. The last is to say thank you. In between, the leader is a servant. Actually, I think the first responsibility is to say thank you. And gratitude is the environment where it's possible to define reality. So, a heartfelt thank you to all of you who have come this evening. All of you who have joined us. All of you, well, everybody who's made this service possible, made the church so beautiful, the flowers. Thanks to Bishop Michael and to the representatives of the parishes who have invited me to come here and serve you as your priest. Thanks to everybody in the parish who's made the deanery such a warm and uh, friendly place to live in, and to everyone in the parish who have welcomed Roe and I and have shown a very particular set of kindnesses over the last few days. Thank you for those of you who gave the greetings. I look forward to working with, with you fathers and really value um, the relationship we have with the Catholic Church. And we hope that will deepen and strengthen as we, we um, aim, as Christ wills, to be one in Christ. Thanks to the parish. Thank you, uh, Martin, for your, for your greeting and, and for your greeting from the political community. Harry, thank you for bringing the choir. I think basically they wanted to see me off the premises. <laughs> I'm actually quite sure about that. Um, 
I'm going to say something about the music because it was very carefully chosen this evening. Um, the Today, which we sang at the end, was from the Canadian theatre composer Eli Willem, and it's a nod to my grandfather, who was ordained priest in Calgary in 1919 and served Native American communities in Canada and the United States. As Anglicans, we always have to remember that we are part and members of a worldwide fellowship of Christians. And the anthem by the Orthodox composer John Tavener was chosen to represent how much the Orthodox and the Oriental Orthodox churches have been in, have been important to me. And it's a text written by Mikhail Lemontov when he was exiled to the Caucasus in the early 19th century, and it's salutary against the background of fear and war. The poet turns to the icon of Mary, the God-bearer, and places his hope in Christ. Thanks to the Dean of Ossery for most of his words and his characteristically good jokes. To those of you who come from Westport and Kilkenny, you have taught me so much. Thank you. To my new colleagues on chapter and my clergy colleagues, I look forward to coming alongside and working with you. Thank, all, thank you all of you for your messages of greeting. Now, two weeks ago when I left Kilkenny, I left the people there with an intimate knowledge of how little I knew about sheep. But I also left them with a couple of thoughts from a couple of Roberts who are important to me. The first Robert was Bob Dylan. It was a quote from his song, My Back Pages. Ah, but I was so much older then. I'm younger than that now. I'm of an age where it's tempting to think you know everything. Alternatively, I'm of an age where it's possible to embrace curiosity and anew. And that is exactly what I'm going to do. And the second Robert was Bob Marley, and it's his song of hope and challenging, his song of embracing God's now. And this is where I'll finish. But my hand was made strong by the hand of the Almighty. We forward in this generation triumphantly. Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Because all I ever have, redemption songs. Thank you all very much. In the moment, I ask the organist to play the voluntary, which will allow us to get out in an ordinary manner as well as to enjoy what you will play for us. I was thinking during the service, this is just a final thought, the last time I was at the installation of a Dean of Killaloo was in 1972. So you can imagine I was barely out of the cradle then. <laughs> Frank Burke, who may be remembered by some of you, and I won't blame all the deans that have passed through here since, and I knew many of them, all I will say is they truly have been a noble army of people, a really distinguished collection of priests, 
learned, pastoral, effective, and to some extent in each case I think a little quirky. So we welcome you to that noble lineage. And as I haven't been at the installation of a Dean of Killaloo for 51 years, and as I wish you a long tenure, I don't intend to be at another. <laughs> we go. <laughs>